0: The goal of equipping the athlete and those coaching them with the physical, mental, and spiritual armor necessary to live their best life. Here's Coach Connors.
1: Uh, Welcome to Absolute Empowerment. We're going to have another great show today because we've got Coach Terrell Williams up in the house. And Coach Terrell Williams is the defensive line coach for the Tennessee Titans. Uh, Going into his sixth season there. And also a former pirate who I had the privilege and honor of coaching at East Carolina University, and uh, Coach, we're just really happy to have you in the house today. Oh man, I'm I'm glad to be here, man. When 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 Coach C calls,
2: you you answer. So I'm I'm looking <laughs> I'm looking forward to this one, man.
1: Yes, sir. So am I, uh, because you have been so highly accomplished, and you know the purpose of of this podcast. Uh, I guess you could say the underlying purpose is to uh, to honor uh, very successful people and then talk about faith, talk about hard work, talk about all those things uh, that helped you to get there and all the things that we we always try to talk about when you were an athlete. And so I'm, I'm so proud of you guys and what you've accomplished. Uh, and I had Dwayne Ledford on here a few weeks ago and- mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of uh, former Pirates and actually former Tar Heels that I coached as well. But uh, we want to really get into your career today. And uh, we want to really talk about some of the things that you overcame as a young man. And uh, that's where I really want to start. I'd like for you to kind of go back to where you grew up in L.A.
2: Yeah.
1: And let's talk a little bit about that in relationship to your experience as a young man. Uh, coming up through high school and getting involved in athletics, and and I'd really love for you to talk a little bit about your family influences, your coaching influences, and and what your experience was. Absolutely. So I,
2: um, you know, again, it's an honor to be be on here with you. And um, and I kind of I grew up in. Well, let me let me start by saying this. I was joking with some of my players in my D line uh, meeting room right before the season ended. Um, and they always talk about me being from Bel Air or Beverly Hills. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I said, "You guys, you guys see the finished product now. You don't, you don't see the 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 hood dude now." But I, but I grew up. I was born and raised in South Central, um, in South Central LA. Um, you know, that's really all I knew up until I um, left and went to Greenville. I went to martin luther king elementary school uh right there in south central i went to um uh, junior high and then dorsey um dorsey high school and um you know looking looking back on it it was um you know when you're growing up in in that kind of environment the environment i grew up in um you you don't realize um just how how tough it is until you actually get out and you take a step back um and you and you see it you look back and you say man wow this these were some um tough situations but when you when you kind of grew up in it um it's just what you had to do to survive and um you know i was very fortunate to um have we didn't have a lot growing up um like like a lot of people didn't but i did have um, a grandmother who, um, you know, she'd make me go to church. She'd make me do some of the things that I didn't um, didn't want to do, and um, you know, that's tough for a young uh, a young kid. But she made me do it, and and it helped uh, shape me at least until I I was able to get up and and get away and and get to Greenville. But it was a um, it was a tough environment, but it also helped um help help structure me and 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 kind of the way ways that i am now as far as being able to deal with with adversity you know
1: right tell me a little bit about the daily life and uh you know how how did you escape uh gang life for instance
2: well i didn't escape it i mean i was in it you know (laughs) so it wasn't um you know i had um cousins and, and close friends and, and, um, and, and, you know, a lot of relatives that, that were involved in it. And it's kind of one of those things that you grew up in it. Like I was, I was mixed up in it, just like a lot of those guys um, were, and I didn't escape it. I was able to overcome. And I was talking to one of my, my buddies who I grew up with, who he did some time in prison um, and yeah. he's living in Texas now. And he, he talked to me about how proud those guys were of me, um, being able to get out. But it got to a point where I would say probably around the 11th grade, um, I had a close friend, uh, that was murdered. And at that point I said, um, and a cousin that same year that was murdered. And I said, man, I just, I don't know what I want. But I know I don't want this, and right. and I didn't know where I was headed, and I I was able to get out of there. And and one of the biggest decisions that I made was when I finished high school. A lot of people don't notice about me. Matter of fact, I was telling uh, Coach Rabel, our head coach uh, here in Tennessee, he asked all the coaches to tell something um, to the rookies that no one knows about us, and I told him hey, I didn't play high school football. You know, I didn't never even put a pad on until I went to junior college at West LA. And wow. the reason, the reason I went to West LA junior college was not because I had some love for football at the time. It was, I wasn't good enough to play basketball. So I say, you know what, I, I need to do something to get out of LA. And so I made the decision to go to West LA and play, um, play football and after, two years, I was fortunate enough to get a scholarship to East Carolina, which really in my mind saved my life. Um, right. being around guys like you, um, helped, help save my life. I mean, there, there's no other way to put it, you know?
1: Well, I certainly appreciate that. Uh, let's go back and talk about your grandmother a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My,
2: my, my grandmother, she had 10 kids. Um, you know, uh, Five five boys and five girls, and um, she was tough, man. She was tough, but a Christian lady. Um, again, may She sung it, sang in the choir, and made us go to Bible study and church. I mean, it seemed like we were going to church uh, every day during the week, and um, you know, it, it really, again, that um, that helped me. But one of the things that um, she was so kind in a sense that all the people in the neighborhood, we grew up on 38th street in in LA and all the people in the neighborhood could come if they didn't have a place to stay. And I mean, there were times where you look up and it might be 20 people in a, a, a three bedroom house, small house there in, in LA. But um, that was one of the things that I felt felt like I, I picked up from her is just having a, um being able to be tough because you got to be tough in that environment but you also got to have some compassion and um and a kind heart um and also in that environment too right yeah
1: well I had the I I didn't grow up in LA I, I but I had a I had a similar experience when I played ball in college I got to be good friends with a a teammate by the name of Clifford Wells, and he was from Florida, and uh, and he was a foster child. And so we would go to his house on spring break down in Orlando, Florida. And uh, <clears throat> I would probably be the only white person around for miles and miles. But, <laughs> but uh, we stayed there at the house, and his mama, uh, who he grew up with, Mama Sally. hmm And his uh, his father, stepfather, Clarence, they had about 10 or 15 foster kids in the house and Clarence would be cooking the meals. And and so, you know, I thought that was a really uh, unique experience for me, you know, to see how they took care of all those kids and we'd sit out in the yard and just hang out a little bit and then go to the beach or whatever. But uh, you,
2: you know, what's funny coach, you bring that up. And I know you mentioned Dwayne Letford. Um, yeah. I still talk to Led. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, obviously we're both NFL coaches um, right now. And he, um, so I still remember in 95, I came from junior college. Dwayne came from, um, he was coming from, I think Marion high school. Correct. Yeah. Um, there in North Carolina. And it's funny because I and I still tell this story to my players. That's one of the first things I tell them is um, I I was coming from South Central L.A. where K through twelve, I'd never been to school with a white person before. All right. Yeah. And then uh, Dwayne was coming from Marion, North Carolina, where he hadn't been around many black folks uh, before. And and it was amazing and we still talk about it today. We still talk. I mean, we're, we're still pretty close, but, but what's amazing is how much we had in common. All right. And you're you're talking about a kid from South central LA comes from what people would consider to be um, a broken home. And then Dwayne came from a two parent home and um, from the mountains up in North Carolina, but but once we started to talk and we were around each other, we realized how much we had in common. And I tell my players this all the time, man, as you, until you sit down and have a conversation with someone, you have no idea um, how this person could impact you or what this person, he may look a certain way. And, uh, but when you start to talk to people, um, then you can sort through who who's a good person and who's a bad person so right. um that that was one of my um great experiences about coming to greenville man is it was it was so different again i'm from south central and um i think we had some teammates brian johnson was from dc rod uh coleman was from uh philly so there were some other inner city uh kids there but I mean, we we got along with with everybody there. You know, it was it was just a good good environment um, for me. Like I needed that. I I
1: needed Greenville,
2: North Carolina.
1: Uh, well, I can't even tell you how excited I get when I think about that that whole experience back then with you guys, because it was such a special group of people, and uh, how much I treasure that. I, I can't even express to you, and that's one of the reasons that I've had this pop power- a podcast because I, I want people to know about you know you guys you know because right. uh uh you know I, I'd like to I'd like people to talk more about Rod Coleman you know around Greenville and and, mm-hmm. uh, and Terrell Williams and Dwayne Ledford and, and so many people that have been highly successful out of that whole that whole era I guess you could say
2: yeah yeah I tell you what man yeah. we had a we had a good crew and what's amazing is um, you know, between uh, Rod and uh, Norris, Forrest Foster, all the, all the guys that play Kevin Monroe, Jeff, uh, Jeff Carr, like we have some really good players. But what's amazing to me now is a lot of guys are coaching, um, coaching like uh, yeah. Peacock, I think, is a head coach at Venice High School, very successful high school in um in uh, Venice, Florida. Um, so there's a lot of guys that are, that are coaching, but the, 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 I think, I don't think people, um, and I'm not just saying this because you're, I'm on here with you. I don't think people really understand, um, the importance of a strength coach. All right. Because I think when people talk about, especially in college football, like it's different in pro football because, mean the guys they are guys left at the end of the season and some of them don't show back up until june and then they're here so it's a lot different but in in college football man we're we we were around you more more than we were around the any other coach on, on 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 staff and and just the impact that you had um on us was was invaluable my and, and i'm i'm speaking for me and i know i speak for the other guys when i i talk about that is it it was we we needed um a guy like you to push us and the and then to put your arm um uh, around us when 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 you need to and i i coach my players the same way and i yeah. i raised my son the same way uh who's a an 11 year old i was just on, before we got on, I know we were talking, uh, he's a uh, heck of a little hockey player right now. So awesome. again, I talk about that. I tell my my buddies back home, yeah, I got a son playing hockey. They're like, hockey? Like, wait, where'd you know? I was like, heck, I didn't know anything about hockey he wants to play. So it's his, yeah. his journey, not mine.
1: <laughs> Hear that? I, I grew up in Western Pennsylvania, so I did some ice skating, but I didn't play hockey. But when I when I think about how hard it was, even to ice skate backwards and so forth, and you see what they do on the ice, it's just <laughs> incredible. It's just ice skate and not fall down, you know, with somebody smacking you in the chest. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. it's a tremendous sport.
2: Yeah, it's um, a different world,
1: man. No doubt. Yeah, but you know, uh, going back to what we we're talking about, I I'm going to probably say that sixty seventy percent of the guys I coached over, you know. 30 some years uh, probably came from a single parent home, you know, and I'm, I'm not talking about African-Americans solely. I'm talking about white guys and Hispanic people. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. there were a lot of people who came from single parent homes and uh, you know, it always was interesting to me because I met so many strong grandmothers yes. um, over the years that would come on recruiting trips. And you could tell that they were such a strong force uh, and I, you know, and I thought that was a, an interesting phenomenon, of course, of course, I had a couple of strong grandmas myself, but, uh, but, uh, just the way that a grandmother would kind of take the reins and successfully raise children, uh, you know, is definitely something to think about. Yeah. Know.
2: And you know, when you talk about that, man, I, um, just to tell you a little bit about my family, I, um you know, I didn't, didn't have a, a a dad and my mom had me when she was 16 and, and, you know, it's, it was a struggle for her. My mom passed away, um, during COVID and, um, it was a struggle for her. I mean, it was really tough. and, And now as a parent, I can, I can understand that and respect that. Like I'm I'm getting older now I'm 48 but I couldn't even imagine having a kid at 16 you know yeah. um but my mom did the best she could and eventually turned my grandmother did did a lot um did a lot as well as I mentioned before but um you know in life you um you have you have so many examples of what to do and what not to do and one of the big things for me was more than anything i wanted to be a father like i wanted to be a father more than a football coach more than a a teammate or i just wanted to be a father and i wanted to be a good father um because i just I, i just felt like i wanted to be able to give a kid um something that i didn't have well my in 19 or not 19 i'm sorry but in 2012 um that was my first NFL job. I went to the Oakland Raiders coming from Texas A&M and um, you know, I had, my wife is uh, Dr. Tiffany Williams. She has a PhD from Purdue. Wow. Um, yeah. My, I definitely out kicked my coverage there, but my wife is, uh, <laughs> is Dr. Tiffany Williams. And um, you know, in 2012, I, I thought, man this was it like i've i've arrived man i i i'm coaching for the oakland raiders i grew up in la so i kind of grew up like a raiders fan um yeah and and i had two boys um uh, my son tyson who was uh three years old and my son taj who was um who was born um that that year and i say you know what i got two boys i got a beautiful wife i'm coaching defensive line Um, in the NFL, man, I got everything that I want and, um, and about, uh, I guess it was, well, it was right after, um, right after Halloween that week, we were getting ready to play. It was November 2nd. We were getting ready to play the Tampa Bay, um, Buccaneers at home in, um, in, in, uh, in Oakland. And it happened to be my son Tyson's, uh, fourth birthday. And I remember getting up that morning, going into his room. NFL is a lot different than college because you, but Saturday is really laid back. So I went in and, um, uh, tell him looking forward to his party. He just turned four and, um, and I went into his room and I can tell something was wrong. Like he didn't look good. Okay. And, um, And I told my wife and she said, yeah, I'm going to run him to the, um, to the, um, to the, um, to the doctor, like the local doctor, no big deal. Just take him and see, let him check his temperature because this was the day of his party. Well, by the time I got off the practice field at 11, I had a message from my wife. We're in, um, Oakland children's hospital with Tyson and we don't know what's wrong well i by the time i get over there um the doctors tell us well we he's got a 50-50 chance of living and you you can imagine as a parent that it's like okay wait a minute he was completely healthy now you're telling me he's got a 50-50 chance of um of living and um and and you know, this is this uh, again. I, all I wanted to do was be a father. This was my firstborn. Everything was perfect, um, and and we went um, later that day. I, I didn't. I coached in the game the next day. All right, because the doctor said he was getting better. So I said, "Okay, I'm gonna stick, step away. I'm gonna go coach in this football game." Um, this was on a Sunday and he stayed in the hospital uh, that whole um that whole week and ended up passing away November 9th so he went in on November 2nd and then passed away no- November 9th um and we still don't know exactly what caused him to get sick and um you know that was a that that was a very um tough experience because when he passed away my wife went home to to change I didn't, obviously didn't make the trip with the team to Baltimore but um she went she she went home to go change and I'm sitting there the doctor just told me hey his white blood cell counts getting better everything's looking good yeah and then all of a sudden he flatlined right there um in front of me while I'm sitting at the bed and um and they, they weren't able to bring them back. And, and obviously that was a, a crushing um, moment for me just because, again, that's all I wanted was to be a dad and protect my family and do all the things that um, do everything right, which I felt like I was doing everything right. Um, but then I, I still remember... Uh, to this day, one of my players, Tommy Kelly, he's a big defensive lineman from uh, Mississippi State. And he said, listen, man, I know it's hard, but um, you just have to believe that God doesn't make mistakes. You know, and um, at the time you hear that and it's like, well, that's, I don't want to hear that. I mean, my, my, I just lost my um, son who, who yeah. meant, meant and means the world to me. Um, but then you, you know, it tested my faith. Um, it, it really did. Like it tested my faith. It tested everything I believe. And, um, you know, and I've had a lot of people die in my life. I've had a lot of people die in my life, whether it's through violence or natural causes. But to lose your child there um, in front of you is, is was, a, was a difficult um, thing. And it's something that we still deal with. Um, deal with today Um, but I always share that story um, especially with my players because I always tell them man when you have someone that you love then you better make sure that you tell them um, that you love them and that you care about them all right because you just don't know all right the other thing is when sometimes guys have kids and whether they have a girlfriend or a wife sometimes those those things don't always work but it's important that you're there um for your kids like it it that's the most important thing so um that was a tough experience for me and, and i wanted to share that but to everyone who's listening um is is again if you if you have people that you love life is short man make sure you 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 um, tell them that you love them and you can have the best care. We had the best doctors in the, the Bay area and they did a phenomenal job, but they just weren't able to, um, to stop him from passing away. And um, you know, it's, it's, it's unfortunate. And my wife and myself and my son who's now who he'll be 11 next month. He was a baby at the time and he won you know, he doesn't have a chance to, get to know his big brother. Um, so it's, that's part of life though.
1: Well, Terrell, I was vaguely aware of that situation and, uh, <clears throat> became aware of it, did not really know the facts. I can't even imagine that. And, uh, I very much appreciate you sharing that story, uh, for our listeners. Um, uh because faith is so important to my mission with this podcast uh, so yes. thank you very much uh, I love you <laughs> and, uh,
2: love you too bro I'm trying,
1: I'm, trying, I'm, trying, I'm trying to pull myself together right now so uh um, I will continue to pray for you and your family and uh and i'm I'm happy that somehow you you got through that. <clears throat> And you continue on?
2: Yeah. And, and what, one, one of the things that helped me was um, being in the NFL when this happened, you people started reaching out, people I didn't even know, and they were sharing their stories about them losing a child. Because, um, you know, I think that, that if you, when you lose a child, you can only, only someone that's that has experienced that can feel that pain and i would always hear people say well um you know you you uh, i felt the hole in my heart and i just couldn't understand like what does that mean like well, i don't understand what that means well yeah losing my son i i felt that but i also i also feel like it's helped me um in some ways I've I've been able to be a blessing to some people that that have gone through some of the same things that I've gone through yeah. um, like losing a child and um I man and that's what that's what life really is about man it's about um sharing your scars and 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 hope that that you can impact someone else because you never know what your story how or how your story might might um might help some someone else so that's why i think it's important to um talk about and it's not it's it when it first happened i just couldn't talk about it i just i just couldn't like it 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 would jar me but now um not that it's easier it's every day i wake up it's there's still you got to make a decision on how you're going to approach the day and and that's still, that's still there, but I'm able to talk about it because I think it's important to share.
1: Well, I'm just really thankful that we were able to to talk about, you know, that part of your story as well. Mm-hmm.
2: Absolutely.
1: So thank you. Yes. And, you know, I wanted to go back to with, I don't know, sometimes I, you know, I'm watching the news or whatever and I just hear all this stuff today about racism and everything. I mean, I just go back to that that whole decade kind of when we were together there, uh, you know, before I actually left and went to Carolina. And, uh, man, you know, we, we never really even thought about or even, you know, even, I, I mean, I can't even remember anything along those lines. Like, it was the best time because, you know, we all we all cared about each other so much. I don't think anybody, ever, I can't even remember any kind of incident. Yeah, that there was some kind of racism. (laughs) I mean, like, uh, you know, that whole thing with, with, uh, with athletics, with football, and and particularly during that time. Yeah. I just, and and I've, I've seen some, you know, some incidences or examples of maybe racism in athletics or whatever, but it was such a special time in that respect as well, because we're all so close to each other.
2: Yeah. uh, And I think the thing, the thing about athletics is, is, um, it's amazing, man, because what you bring so many people from different backgrounds, different um, different environments, different experiences, and they're able to come together as a team. And I think society can learn something uh, oh, yeah. from, from athletics and how we're able to do it. I, I can even go back even further where when I played sports, played basketball, um in high school and I know it was the same way on the football team where uh, if you're from LA you know bloods and crips where where that stuff originated the gang true bloods and crips originated in LA well you had people playing sports together that were just mortal enemies like the gangs were these guys are just I mean shoot each other shoot at each other but then they would play on these yeah. teams together and 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 it's and that's not a racial thing that's a that's a a, a gang thing but but like you said um again i told the story about Dwayne Leford i mean again in mountains in north carolina didn't go to school with any black kids i'm from south central la didn't go to school with any white kids but what happened was we were brought together on this team and we talked like we were able to talk and just share experiences and we didn't agree with everything. I don't listen. I didn't agree with some of the things he thought he didn't agree with some of the things I thought black had nothing to do with black and white. We just didn't agree. Well, it was no different than um, some of the people I grew up with in South Central. Like you just don't agree with on everything but i just i believe that if you if you treat people right man and and people always say well what's right and wrong like if you got to ask that question then i think you need to check yourself on on what's right and what's wrong um but i think when people have we have dialogue you're able to to realize that hey man we we got something in common and that doesn't mean that you always have to agree and there's going to be arguments and different things but but i agree with you man i believe society can learn something um can learn something from sports and and yes yes racism exists all right it does like i'm not sitting here and just like you're not sitting here and saying that it that it doesn't right. but i think that when when you sit back and and people can really talk and have some dialogue you realize that we're all fighting the same fight man we're all we're all fighting the same struggle um it's more in my mind things are more about um uh a socioeconomic um uh Deal than it is um, racism a lot of times. Uh uh-huh. yeah. The haves and the have nots.
1: Right, no doubt. Well, you know, my whole thing was I, I had this affinity for you know rhythm and dance all my life. You know, so <laughs> I always enjoyed the different types of music, and you know, I'm still determined. I'm gonna learn how to crip walk, man. So, you know. <laughs> I need somebody to teach me that
2: oh man I, don't, I i would but i might twist my ankle these days <laughs> I, don't, I don't i don't know about that i don't know if you can rehab me to rehab me back there man <laughs> that's gotcha. oh. yeah
1: uh, i want to talk about uh your career i just want to say a few things you know when i coached you you know your the characteristics that you had you know team player that's how i always saw you uh always a great attitude and work ethic and, uh, always a smile on your face, man. You were, you were a happy guy. Um, uh, if you weren't happy, I didn't see it. And, uh, always well liked by your teammates. Uh, very humble, uh, low key. Uh, you know, if you got a sack, you didn't do a dance or anything, man, you just went back to the huddle, but you, you know, you, you're a really good player. And, uh, and, of course, you know, back in that time, definitely one of my favorites on the team. And, uh, you know, I just really always enjoyed your personality. Um, but you had transferred to ECU. Yeah. And, uh, and you graduated from ECU in uh, 98, I believe. Is that correct?
2: 90. I graduated the spring of my last year of playing was '96 and okay. then i was a student i didn't red shirt so i was a student coach the the season of the 97 season so i did graduate in the spring of 98 and then i when i left there um my first jo- coaching job i i didn't even have a dang car I just jumped on the Greyhound bus and rode to um, Fort Scott, Kansas, man. Right. That that was my first job. Uh, Kevin Gundy gave me my first job um, at Fort Scott, Kansas, coaching the defensive line there. Right. Um, and, and it was there for one year. I left uh, Fort Scott. Then I went to North Carolina A&T and worked for the legendary Bill Hayes. Um, yeah. Yeah. At North Carolina a and I, I spent three years there at A T. and um, and then I went to 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 uh, Youngstown State and worked at Youngstown, lived in Youngstown, Ohio, coached there for two years for John Haycock, um, spent two years there. And then um, Coach Fleming, who was our secondary coach when I played at East Carolina, he he. Uh, went to Akron as the defensive yep. coordinator, and then hired me um, as the defensive line coach. JD Brookhart hired me as the defensive line coach at Akron. Uh, spent two years there, won a MAC championship. Still the only team to um, the only that's I believe that's still the only championship in school history of any any sort, um, and that was a big deal. And after the championship game, I left and went and coached at uh, at Purdue for Joe Tiller, um, who was another, um, coach Joe's passed away now, uh, for some years now, but you want to talk about someone who had imp- an impact in my career. Um, Joe Tiller was a big, um, big part of that. I spent, spent five years there, um, with Joe and then left, uh, Purdue, uh, five years and went coached at Texas A&M and spent, I spent two years at Texas A&M and then I got into the NFL in 2012 with the Raiders um, three years with the Raiders uh, four or three years with the Dolphins and then uh, going like you said going on year six man these years go by fast Yeah. Um, but I'm going on year six here in Tennessee Mike Vrabel hired me here in, in Tennessee and it's 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 been a it's been a wonderful um experience but i i i say all the all the journey like i've been to all these places all these journeys but the foundation is is a lot of what we did at, in greenville i'm just telling you my, the way i coach and the way i um you know how i treat my players is a lot as it's it's a lot like how you um, treated us. You know, you were very fair and very tough and demanding. And, and I knew one thing I knew about Jeff Connors, he was going to be tough. All right. But I also knew that if I had an issue, I can come and close the door. And, and I knew that you were gonna be there and, and help me in any way that you you can so right. I, I I'm the same way man i'm, I'm I love my players now I, and yeah. if you if, when you put on my tombstone I want that somewhere as this guy loved his players and and that, right. that is that's so important to me because I feel like in today's um world, with how these kids are growing up and, and a lot of the same, same things like you talked about with us, single parent and, um, but they just, they have social media and all these different things. I just feel like you have to be able to one gain their trust because in the NFL, these are men like they don't, they, they you got, they got to be able to trust you and you got to be able to trust them. And then that's, that's how you're able to coach them. You got to have a relationship with them, which not everybody in this league, uh, believes in that, but I certainly believe in relationships. Like I can't fake it. I can't do, do, do something, uh, or coach you if I don't have a relationship with you, it's important to me. Gotcha.
1: Well, you also had some, uh, during the time, I think it's important to mention, too, what helped you, I think, is uh, while you were coaching at the collegiate level, that you that you got involved in internships with the NFL and yes. uh, made sure that you were diligent about that to make some contacts. And then, of course, uh, Coach Fleming was always my buddy. You know, he came and coached with us at Carolina for a while as well. Yeah. And actually, when I retired, he offered me the job at Rhode Island, but... Uh, just a little bit too far.
2: From yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know if Flem can pay old coach C enough to come up to Rhode Island, man.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you know, when you retire, you get, uh you got some money from other, yeah. You know, now you got your retirement. And of course, you know, I, Hey, I, uh, a couple months ago, I went ahead and start collecting my social security too. So, you know, you know, you're getting up there when you start collecting that. <laughs> But you know, I, I I hated it because I always had so much fun with Fleming. You know, it was always such a great time. You know, with him and Pagano.
2: And yeah, of
1: course, Pagano on on a podcast, and of course I had Dwayne Ledford on a podcast. If you hadn't listened to it yet, uh, that was a really great one. Yeah, I'm I'm
2: gonna check them check them all yeah.
1: out, man. I'm, I'm but, gonna uh, check them all. out.
2: Fleming's yeah. my guy, man. I, oh yeah. I wouldn't be. He's another one that I wouldn't. Yeah. Be here without without him.
1: Yeah, no doubt. We we really had some good times and had some good times celebrating some victories too. You know that was, that was always great. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Flem always liked that chant. The roof is on fire. So, yeah, that was good <laughs> <deal>. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was still saying it at Akron too. So yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I'm someplace. sure they hear
2: that up at, up at Rhode Island too, man. Yeah.
1: I'm not sure if all that's acceptable right now, but hey, you know. Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, when the doors are closed anything's acceptable, right? That's right. right.
1: <laughs> so the other thing I wanted to talk about was uh, you know, you coached some uh, some pro bowlers, man. Uh Yeah. The Donald Soo and uh, Cameron Wake. Yeah. And, uh, then uh where you're at now, you had a I think Jeff Simmons. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's going to I his second play. pro, pro Bowl. second Pro Bowl this, this year. Okay. And uh well maybe yeah I'm thinking of Drell Casey. Casey, yeah, Case,
2: uh, yep. Been fortunate coach. to coach some really, some really good players. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, man, because it's they're not great uh yeah just because they're talented. That that's the thing that I've learned in my years in this league and my years in um, in coaching college ball and playing college ball, but great players are usually the hardest workers. Like you mentioned, Dominic and Sue, yeah. I, I haven't been around anybody that works as hard as him. But Jeff Simmons is the kind of the same way. Jarrell Casey's the same way. Um, when I when I was in Oakland, I had the privilege of being around um, Charles Woodson. Uh for I think we were together for two years. And Wood Wood was on his way. And people that don't, if you don't know Charles Woodson, well, Charles Woodson won the Heisman as a defensive player at Michigan. Um, and he won a national championship at Michigan and he won a Super Bowl, and he's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Well, Wood came back to us from Green Bay, he was at the end of his career. And I still remember in between periods before the offense or before the defense would go, you look over on the other field and he's running sprints. I mean, he is sprinting. This is before he's about to go out and, and the defense is up and and he's going against the scout team. And so we sat next to each other in, in the team meetings and I said, Wood, Man, why are you running? You're 38, I think, or however old he was at the time. Like, why are you running these sprints, man? He was like, man, I want to make myself dog tired during practice because I want to try to simulate um, the games. And so then, something you know, when he's running these sprints, you see some of these younger players that are kind of too cool for school on the sideline, not doing that, and and. I I I bring that up because again, this guy was a Hall of Famer. He was a or is a Hall of Famer in college football and pro football. But he was also one of the hardest workers that I've ever that I've ever been around. And sometimes you can you can be talented, but if you don't work hard, you're you'll never reach your full potential. I don't care how how talented you are. Right. So that's been. That's been one of the great things is just being around and having conversations with some of these great players, not just at my position, but um, at and, and other positions um, on the team. You know, the 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 thing that's common, whether you're a, a punter, a, a, a nose tackle, or a quarterback, is work ethic, and yeah. and. I mean, you know that hell we, we learned that from you. Like you can't think about how many games we won back, back then against teams that, I mean, I can say it that that were more talented than us because we outworked them. We won a lot of games in the fourth quarter. Um, and, and
1: we're, we're kind of that way, um, here in Tennessee, Well, my first year at Carolina, you know, I had uh, Julius Peppers and, you know, he he was playing basketball, so the basketball coach said, don't even think about touching him till basketball's over. Okay, so, but I couldn't wait to get my hands on him and, uh, you know, just see what he was about. And, uh, you know, another guy who was an extremely hard worker and uh, basically would be Picking a defensive back or running back, whoever, at the end of a session to race in the forty, <laughs> and he did that a lot. And,
2: yeah, uh, yeah, but but uh, but again, mo- the uh, most most uh, fans think, well, these guys are just talented. Yeah, yeah. they are, but there there's a, a bunch of work that goes in, and there's also a bunch of people that yeah. um that that help them along the way. You know, whether it's a a strength coach a position coach a trainer or a, an equipment manager there there's so many people that touch these guys um lives a custodian i mean i i've had some of the best conversations about life with some of the the people who uh who uh clean the building and 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 our places yeah. and yeah. empty the trash cans We're- it, it's just amazing again we we talked about it when you sit down and talk to people um you never know what what you might have in common or what they might or how they may touch your life so right um, we we work in a great profession man where we we're around
1: people and get to
2: touch and spend time with different people you know
1: well, eat with peppers. You know what was interesting to me is on pro day when Tim Crumright came in. Do you remember Tim? Oh Crumwright? yeah, he he would grab him by the head and do yeah. He was a wrestler. Yeah. He would he wrestle him, man. Yeah, Crumry had his boots and jeans on. Yeah, and he kept punching Julius in the chest and making him get his hands off of him and then grab him around the head, mm-hmm. slap him in the head, whatever. But uh, Crumry was actually bleeding. This went on one time one. St- I mean, I think it went on for three minutes straight.
2: Uh-huh. And he
1: was trying to get Joyce to quit. Yeah, and uh, I, you know, I still got that on video. <laughs> so every once in a while, I watch that because it's so entertaining. But you know, uh, Joyce wasn't going to quit, and uh, <laughs> that was an interesting little, uh, uh, yeah, competition at that point. But it was kind of. Very interesting. What some of these people would do with these guys when they came in on pro day?
2: Oh yeah, yeah. It's. I think that those days are gone now. Where yeah. even even when I came in, some of the things that that I would do on pro day, you you because you can't really find out. I mean, when you go work a defensive lineman out on pro day. It's no it's it's different than working a receiver where you can throw and catch and do all of those things. I mean, what are you <laughs> gonna do with a D lineman? Like
0: yeah. you're
2: gonna you wanna see if they they're gonna quit, you know? And so yeah. you set drills up to to test them, you know, see yeah. see see if they can react when they're when they're tired or how they react yeah. when they're tired. And and well these days it's it's a lot different. I don't even know what Guy, guy, what you can and can't do these days are a lot different than um, than when you uh, you were still at it. It's way yeah. different
1: now. <laughs> well, uh, going back to uh, the Titans, you know, Steve Waterson was uh, one of my mentors and one of my good yes. friends. And uh, I visited the Titans uh, you know, probably about three or four times when he was there. Mm-hmm. Of course, I coached uh, Arthur Smith through his career at Carolina. Art, yeah, he, he was always an interesting character, <laughs> and uh, I met his dad a few times, who was really a great guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, when I went down, da- I went down to see Atlanta play the Steelers and stayed at, at Led's house. And okay, that was, that was uh, we had a great time.
2: Yeah, you went and stayed at Led's mansion, huh?
1: <laughs> yeah, the two million dollar mansion there. He said, Yeah yeah, coach, I live in the, you know, the former head coach's house. I'm like, oh, okay, let's yeah, check he, it out. So, uh, yeah, he tells
2: everybody that, man. He told yeah. me when he was buying the house, hey, you know, I'm buying, uh, I think it's uh, Mike Smith or I yeah. can't remember the coach's name, but yeah, he bought his house. And so he he led, leds an interesting character, man. Great human being or great pirate. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh Yeah. Yeah, I I stayed in the guest house. It was wonderful. So, <laughs> but uh, those guys they they struggle a little bit, but I guess they got a lot more money uh, available this coming year to go out and get some defensive players. I guess that's what they 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 need to do. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to them being very successful next year. And uh, you know, I, I hope that works out for everybody. Of course, um, uh, you know, uh. <clears throat> Uh, I think that I'll probably end up going going down there, or if they play the Steelers because I'm from Pittsburgh, I'm probably gonna, I might go ahead and try to check that out in, you know, in Pittsburgh next year. But uh, yeah, well, hell, you can come on to Nashville. I think we played them
2: here, uh, here next year in, in Nashville. So, okay, uh, uh, we may go to, I don't know, I know we play the falcons next year i'm just not sure whether it's in nashville or um or atlanta but you're you're more than welcome to come come through here i got a place for you to stay i don't have a guest house but uh <laughs> but you're more you're more than welcome to, to come on here anytime
1: i'm gonna be at the uh, Holston house, uh I'm going to be in a, a wedding out there May 19th to 23rd so I might give you a holler. I'll be around Nashville.
2: Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we'll and, we'll uh, be here I
1: think. Like a, usually around that time we're in um
2: uh OTA so gotcha. we'll, we'll 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 be here. You come and yell and I I get put you in a room and let you get fired up and maybe rip off a shirt or something and see if you scare scare some of these D linemen now. <laughs> uh
1: I coach Chase Rice at, Carol- at Carolina Carolina, of course he's a famous country singer out there now and uh so I see him every once in a while. I go to uh, I've been to a couple of his shows. He brought me out on stage one time, which was crazy, but uh- okay.
2: You know what's funny, man, is we were we went we went out to dinner, uh, me and my family last night and um we were riding back in the Uber and uh the Ubers playing country music and, um, I think there was a song with, um, Chris Stapleton and, um, Chris Stapleton and Justin, uh, Justin Timberlake. And I told my wife, I said, you know what? I kind of like country music. You know, I, I I actually (laughs) like it a little bit more than what I thought. My son, uh, my son plays, uh, hockey with, um, with, um, with uh dirks bent knox bentley dirks bentley is his uh, his dad and then he played basketball with uh with um eric church eric church's kid um also so yeah um that's the thing about nashville is you and, and when i met those guys i had no idea who they were like it's like well you probably don't know who the heck I am. I don't know who right. the heck you are. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, the uh, when we played the Music City Bowl, we went out there Christmas morning downtown and ended up sitting right beside, there was hardly any people in this bar. Mm-hmm. And Kelly Pickler was in there. Of course, she's, mm-hmm. you know, famous. And uh, I said, hey, that's Kelly Pickler. And then we got to talking. I got my picture with her and all that. And she got up and saying, uh, you know, you ain't woman enough to take my man and stand by your <laughs> man. I said, go ahead, girl. So, uh, that was pretty cool. So we hung out uh, with her that morning, went to a couple uh, other places with her, so that was really cool.
2: Oh, uh, that's awesome, man.
1: Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I love Steve Watterson. What a great person. And, uh, of course, Jeff Fisher made him the uh, the uh, assistant head coach when he was a strength coach.
2: I did not so, know that. Yeah, that's How about a that?
1: title he had under Jeff Fisher uh, so uh, you know, I mean, that says a lot for Steve, of course. Absolutely, absolutely. And I met Coach Watterson when we
2: first came in. Um, he was retiring, so yeah. I had a chance yeah. to um, to meet him. And and I mean, obviously, you hear hear a lot about um, about about guys like him and, and yourself. I mean, don't, people know who you are. I, I, it's funny. I was telling one of the coaches on our staff i said he said what you got going on today i said well i gotta do a podcast um and he said well, who are you doing it with and i said um jeff connors he was like oh yeah the legendary strength coach huh? <laughs> okay <laughs> i said okay yeah that's my guy man i i didn't know he was legendary but yeah, yeah. that's that's my guy man <laughs> no but people trust me people know who you oh. are and they know your impact and um, and that so it it that's a big deal
1: man well i appreciate that and uh i tell you what uh i wouldn't want to do the 12 hour day job anymore but uh what what does kind of appeal to me still I don't know if I'd ever have an opportunity but uh that player development stuff uh it's intriguing to me and and I know most of those guys are former players but uh that's kind of what I'm doing now is i'm trying to <clears throat> direct people to a spiritual life direct them to good decisions and uh, I really love that kind of stuff it's something I did a little bit of when I was coaching when I had time but it's at the same time uh, I think those positions have great value in keeping people on track and and uh, really helping them just as as people you know so uh, those things are very intriguing to me Yeah.
2: And, and they're, and they're very, very important jobs because that they're full-time jobs. Like that's what those guys do, um, all the time, you know, whereas coaches, man, we gotta, you know, you're coaching a guy, how to squat correctly or do all these things. I'm as a D line coach, I'm coaching them to get their hands inside and pad level and all these things. But, uh, uh, along with the player development, because we do, we do that as coaches. But like you said, now most organizations, whether it's college or pro um, they have player development um, people. And, and I, I, that's a job to me. Like if I was a head coach, that that would be one of my first and most important hires, because again, those guys can spend more time, um, around the players and, they, and they have to develop relationships, um, right. With them as well, you know? Yeah. No, I can see you you'd be perfect in that type of role.
1: Well, uh, I think that I could really enjoy that. That's kind of what I'm trying to do through the podcast, you know, influence as many as I people as I can through the prop podcast. And very specifically, we are trying to bring people to Christ. I mean, there's, you know, we're not going to pull any punches there. That's what we're trying to do. That's why I have pastors on here like, uh, uh, you know, Pernell Griffin and Leonard Henry and those guys. Brian mm-hmm. Moss did a great job of Christmas presentation. And so, uh, you know, so we're, I'm, I'm going to go that route with the podcast. And if some other opportunity comes along those lines, I'll definitely consider it. But uh, uh, we'll, we'll roll with this this for now. But <clears throat> I'm going to have to bring this to a close, I guess, in a few minutes here. But, what I'd like you to talk about before we close is, uh, you know, just tell me about your vision. Uh, Are you, are you really happy and enjoy the D-line part of it? Do you want to be a coordinator? You know, what, what what is your vision for the future for Pharrell Williams?
2: My, my, my vision is, and I've had opportunities to be, be coordinators. I turned down a big 10 coordinator job when I went to Texas A&M and m you know and i've had some nfl opportunities i've had some head coaching opportunities in um and in, in um you know some smaller schools and right. I, I just i love coaching defensive line man i yeah. love being around the guys i love i love spending time with them i love getting to know their families you know i love being a shoulder for them when they need to to, to cry or vent or whatever it is. And, and I just feel like if I'm a head coach or if I'm a, a, a coordinator now, my, my focus is more on the the entire team where I can't, I just, I love my job. I love doing yeah. what I do. And I have a a passion for it. Like I can't see myself coaching quarterbacks or, defensive backs or I'm I'm a D-line coach and and that's what I love doing. So yeah. and you know ne- you never know what the future holds. Again, right. um I mean it's all in God's hands. I mean what whatever um whatever way he leads me that that's where that's where I'll be. But right now my vision and my passion more than anything, because sometimes we have visions, but your vision without the passion don't work my passion is defensive line like that's that's what i love man i'm i'm right everything about it the lifestyle and that's what i tell my players It's this is a lifestyle playing defensive line coaching defensive line it's a lifestyle it's different than everything else
1: well that's a huge point and a very important point and i'm glad you brought that up because it's hard to be successful with anything without passion brother
2: no, no question. And, yeah. and again, I learned that from you, man, you, you were passionate <laughs> about, about what you did. And sometimes it mating it it probably didn't come off uh, how some people want it, but yeah. you got your point across. I'm, I'm, I'm living proof just like some of these, a lot of them other guys that you've had on here.
1: Well, I totally enjoyed every minute of it. And uh, you know, I, I'd love to challenge you guys, but at the same time, uh, the things that you all did, you know, and I've I've said this several times on podcasts, but just the way that you guys conditioned in the summer and the way that you came together as a team and supported each other and made, made each other feel important to each other. Yeah. That, that's something that, you know, that I noticed, about you all Uh, I really didn't care that much you know about you know people liking me and all that kind of stuff I wanted you guys to feel important to each other and you you guys did a great job with that and that's why when you got out there on the field on game day you know it mattered so much to you guys as a team and I, I think that's great for any team to learn is the importance of being important to each other. And it's it's tough these days because now you get the the portal and of course you got free agency and of course it's a very tough in the NFL. And, and I think that's probably one of the reasons that you really enjoy being a D-line coach because you can invest and get consistency over time with people and get them to trust you and want to play for you and I think that's that's really a, a you know a, a point that I see that, uh, that I really feel like where you've been successful.
2: Yeah. And, and, and again, it it's, again, it's a really, it's relationships and and you can't build relationships without sitting down and getting to know people. And I, I, I believe that that's, that's a strength of mine. I believe that that's what separates me from a lot of other guys doing the same job is I know how to build relationships. I know how to connect with people. And I know how to coach technique and do all of those things. That that's important. You can't do this job if you don't. But relationships matter, man. I'm, yeah, I know that, and you
1: know that they matter. Now you had did you have Cliff Yoshida. I had Yo,
2: yeah, I yeah. had Yo, well, yeah.
1: I, I want to mention Yo because you know Yo was great for building relationships. And
2: yeah, uh, yeah, he recruited. I don't, I don't me. know
1: where he is now.
2: He's he's living in
1: South Carolina. I still okay. talk to him every
2: time we play the Carolina Panthers. He comes and uh sees me. He was living in um Shreveport or or where he was coaching at Grambling, so he was living in Louisiana. Yeah. He came down to see me when I was coaching um at Texas A&M and and again, it's 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 relationships. Yo is the one who talked me into coaching. I still remember yeah. Him um, saying, "I think you'd be a good coach," and I'm like, "I don't know about that. I, I don't know if that's what I want (laughs) to do." And now I'm, I'm full fledged into it now. So it's yes, you're 100%. Cliff Yoshida, oh uh, yeah, was a big part of of
1: a lot of our um, success. Coach, Coach Bruce said Virginia Tech. Yeah. Always tell you (laughs) about that.
2: Oh yeah, yes, yes, he did.
1: Yeah. Well, hey, man, I'll, <clears throat> we, we could make this a two-hour deal. There's no question. <laughs> I, uh, I can think of a 100 other questions and, and topics I'd love to talk to you about. But uh, uh, if you would, shoot me your cell. And I mm-hmm. can, you know, maybe I can uh, just message me your cell and, and, and Yo's, too, if you would. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm going to give you a holler when we get out there uh, in a couple months, a <clears throat> few months, and uh, see if we can get together. Uh, but I really appreciate you coming on, and uh, so many more people in in the Pirate Nation need to know about you and and know who you are and what you've done. So uh,
2: I appreciate you too, Coach, and love you, man. And I wouldn't be where I am uh, without you and your support. And and there's so so many things that I'm thankful and grateful for. And your your my relationship with you. Um, is one of them and i i love i love east carolina i trust yeah. me i'm i i love i wouldn't be where i am without that university but it's not the university um that matters it's the people at the university yeah. that matters because yeah. when you have problems you can't talk to the weight room you can talk to the strength coach if you need yeah. to so i'm thankful and grateful for you man trust me
1: well, I appreciate it, brother. This is uh, Jeff Connors from Absolute Empowerment. Uh, God bless, and hopefully we'll see you next week. Thanks a lot.
0: You've been listening to Absolute Empowerment with Coach Jeff Connors on the Sports Objective. Join us every Monday night for a new edition of the show. Listen to the show pretty much everywhere podcasts are found. Be sure to follow us on social media at the Sports Obj on Twitter and TikTok. At the Sports Objective on Instagram. Like and follow our Facebook page and subscribe to our YouTube channel. As always, we appreciate you listening to the show and go, Pirates!